You're listening to the Root and Stem Podcast, a podcast exploring issues and stories in STEAM education. Today we'll hear from Julia Young. Julia was once a high school co-op student with us here at Pingwa, where she created two podcast series, The Science Behind and Harnessing the Benefits, The Digital World. Julia was also a full-time online student ever since the COVID-19 pandemic, which were the majority of her high school years. She speaks on the pros and cons of online learning, the importance of learning transferable skills as a student, and how to best utilize the surge of AI tools available to learners. Hi, my name is Julia Young, and I am a volunteer. I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses, so I volunteer in the English and Russian community, and I co-opt at Pingua, so I guess that's why I'm being interviewed. I went to school at the Virtual Learning Center, so it's an online uh, school. And in my last year of high school, they set me up with this co-op with digital marketing and content production. So that's how I got my placement. Originally, I was very opposed to the idea of online schooling. Um, But when COVID hit, I was in my first year of grade nine. So I had been about a semester and a half in regular school. And then um, their style of online learning didn't really suit me. So I wanted to try something else because I liked the flexibility that I had online. So a friend of mine was in this school. So I gave it a shot and I really liked it. So I just stuck with it for the rest of uh, my high school. So I decided I wanted to do a co-op and I was really interested in going into marketing uh, when I was finished school. So I wanted to find a placement that would kind of give me exposure to that. And then um, the idea of doing some things with production was also interesting to me. So it was kind of just a, a good fit. So that's that's how I got here. I feel like <laughs> right now I have a lot of different interests. So I'm trying to just see which one will stick. Um, but yeah, if I decide that's something I want to do, then I think I might take like the freelance uh, route and try some things, but we'll see. Yeah. When I did my first interview, my supervisor at the time was Jenny and she kind of talked about that there was uh, a need at Pingwar. They were at least looking to make some content created for like younger kids and she talked about like a podcast was something that they were kind of looking at so I had that in mind when I went in and then um, when Chelsea kind of took over and you as well um, kind of in that mentor position um, we kind of found it was the right fit so that was something I was interested in exploring and kind of uh, an area that Pingua was looking to kind of expand as well so yeah just kind of worked out it was an interest it was a need it was mutually beneficial (laughs) The Science Behind podcast, we created it for kids uh, kindergarten to grades three to four. So the episodes are pretty short. They're about five minutes or less in length just to gauge the kids. And um, the reason I kind of took the approach I did for the podcast was um, when I was younger, I didn't really love science. So I wanted to pick a topic that I kind of was interested in. It was really interesting for me to learn about um, different topics. That's what the podcast is about, making science practical for kids and exploring just kind kind of common phenomenons. Like, why do onions make us cry? Like, we kind of, you know, we've 
discover those things, but we don't really know the reason behind it. So it was interesting to just kind of find different topics that I thought kids would wonder about and um, explore that and kind of work it into their curriculum, but trying to make it like a fun and interesting way. So yeah. We decided to take the scientific method, the idea of taking, you know, a hypothesis, coming up with um, kind of a, a question, and then formulating an experiment and bringing that into the podcast. So we followed that formula, which made it a lot easier to write. And then um, in terms of those kind of experiments that we had, um, it kind of gave me an idea of different like sound effects we could use or different things that teachers could use or parents could use to kind of teach the kids. And maybe that was something that would be interesting for them. So we just tried to keep the explanation short, add some audio clips that would keep them engaged and then add some activities that they could use. So uh, hopefully it was something that they would kind of stay interested with. And of course, keeping it short for their attention span. Science in general is a little more complicated. So taking those concepts and simplifying them um, definitely took a bit longer in the research process just to make sure I understood everything so I could uh, simplify it but still keep the integrity of the explanation. So I'm also not like, you know, a scientist myself. So <laughs> that was a little challenging to kind of bridge that gap and uh, learn kind of the voice I wanted to write in. So it made sense for them. Um, but yeah, just just with a little bit of research and practice and a lot of help on the uh, editing side of things that it, it worked out, we, we got where we needed to be. <laughs> The process of writing, I think, is always helpful. We write every day, right? So um, kind of just learning about how to take something you research and then turning that into kind of something you can use to communicate with others, but simplifying that was good. But um, I think just being able to learn how to edit audio is pretty unique. Um, I'm not super techie myself, so that was probably my biggest takeaway, and I've still kind of worked on that like with my own Russian lessons and whatever being able to kind of record them and edit them and fix things so that was definitely interesting and I think with the world being more like technologically kind of inclined um, that's something that I'll still kind of be using on a regular basis. So the second podcast we developed focuses on teenagers instead so um, that was a little bit easier to write for because it's kind of a vocabulary and a tone that I use every day. So um, this podcast focuses on just talking about uh, how you can be safer online. So we focused on online learning, about um, safety on like digital and social networks. And then we also focused on AI. So just about kind of common pitfalls and ways uh, people can be safer. And it was a little bit surprising, but uh, sometimes the, the simplest things like using, you know, strong passwords, things like that are the most effective. So yeah, that was the focus of that podcast. I feel like in school, like when I was, especially in elementary school, we had lots of like videos or audio tapes we'd listen to. So I feel like it's something we would have had in school that I would have liked. But the thing I really like about the podcast is that each episode focuses on something specific. So for example, with um, social media, like there's certain things I wouldn't have thought about, like uh, those geolocation tags. When you take a picture, sometimes they can tell where you took it from. I didn't know that <laughs> until I started researching. So um, yeah, learning about those things, just kind of how to be aware. And even with AI, like talking about what you should be aware of, what it's capable of, that you shouldn't rely on it all the time, things like that. Um, but also learning that there are lots of benefits for school and how you can use that to your advantage as a student. Um, those are all things I think I would have 
benefited from learning learning about, but I'm glad I learned about it now at least to, to some extent. Definitely in school, I feel like, you know, they tell us, you know, you should use passwords, you know, don't open emails from people you don't know. Um, but that's kind of the extent of it, uh, especially with like social media. Uh, that was something I feel like my parents were really concerned with us about, like, before we were allowed to get social media, we had to give, like, you know, a presentation on the rules. But in school, it's just kind of uh, an open-ended thing. So I think that making it more of a priority would definitely help to keep people a little bit more aware of the potential risks. You know, not, not to scare people, but it's just good to know kind of how to avoid certain dangers that you wouldn't necessarily be aware of otherwise. The article I wrote about was learning as a student online. So I only went to school for about like eight months, like in an actual school. And then the rest of my high school experience was online through pandemic and then um, with an online school. So I just kind of wrote about um, how you can be safe online as a student, what it's like learning online and things that surprised me. And um, just kind of taking what I had learned from my own experience and what I'd researched in my podcasts and kind of throwing it into an article. <laughs> it's really, it's a really nice process actually. And it's um, routine, but not in like a super regimented way. At least with my experience, we kind of start with an idea, whether it's like a topic that is going to be featured or something they think that they can work into the article or if it's a podcast, whatever. And then uh, we kind of brainstorm different topics and for, for different age groups. And then from there, I kind of got free reign to <laughs> take it wherever I wanted. So I would just do like a, a little brainstorm of like, what are things I was interested in? What kind of things I thought um, my target audience would be interested in? And then just kind of researching and then trying to um, take that research and then in a somewhat concise, but a manner that people can understand enough, right? You have to give them enough information, kind of taking those chunks and then working it into like a script. And then we had our like development team that would kind of look it over, make sure everything was okay. And then we would record stuff. Um, I'd get that a check over as well, edit whatever. And then that was kind of the finished process. But yeah, it was a really nice experience. Everyone's super nice to work with. Um, it's very like relaxed. So yeah, it's really nice. And there, there's tons of things you learn as well. So yeah, it was a really nice experience. So online schooling, I would say, is a little bit more limited in course offerings. So there are certain things I would say, like, I would have liked to learn, like, in a in school, like, more, like, hands-on things. Um, but online, I feel like I actually did learn more because in the class time, like, they don't have, you know, other kids are trying to settle down. So whenever they're giving, like, a lecture, you have that full time for a lecture. And then I could kind of take however much time I needed to go through a lesson or, um, do additional research or spend time on a project, whatever. Um, so yeah, I would say it's like about the same, like you're you're getting the same instruction, but I felt for myself like I kind of got the time I needed and had that one-on-one -on -one back and forth with my teachers, kind of what I needed online. So yeah, I definitely think that uh, having interaction with people is nice. And um, for myself, at least, I found I focused a lot better in an actual classroom. Like you're, you know, you have people around you, you're, you all have kind of like you have the dedicated time to work. So I feel like I was um, maybe a little bit better with time management, like in an actual school. I still got everything done on time, but um, yeah, definitely better time management in school. So I think just kind of having that 
setting is nice. And um, also your teachers are there right away to give you instant feedback. Like the school I did, I also had teachers um, two times a week, but you know, you'd have a little bit of delay for emails and whatever. But yeah, I think just having that one-on-one -on -one and kind of like immediate feedback is uh, something I missed, but just having the flexibility and kind of the option to take your learning wherever you're going uh, online is something that I really liked. I think virtual learning, you need to have a strong sense of maybe not motivation, but you need to be willing to regulate yourself. So if you lack that self-regulation, um, that's where the school setting is nice because you kind of it's it's set up there, right? You you have certain classes, and then you move. But for people who really like having, you know, kind of their time, and you want to be more productive, whether it's you want to speed up your high school experience, you want to get a job, or you want to learn a skill, or whatever, you do have a lot more flexibility online. So if you value that, and you can kind of motivate yourself and regulate yourself to work, I think that's kind of the personality that works really really well online. Um, but if you're someone who's like super social and you feel like you don't have any interaction, then maybe the school route's better. But yeah, you can try different things. And if you don't like it, you don't have to stick with it. But yeah, it's, a, it's worth a try. I really liked it. So this one was like a game changer for me. I had a friend when I was, I think, just starting grade 10 who told me about Grammarly, which is an online like writing assistant. So you write whatever article you have, chuck it in there, and then it kind of tells you like if there's tone issues, if you've got like grammar mistakes. So for English and law and like basically anything where you're doing a lot of writing, um, that was a big help for me because I, uh, especially before Pingwa where I had like Chelsea who helped me with that. That was definitely something I struggled with. So I still use that like all the time whenever I'm writing just to make sure I'm, you know, I don't sound super silly when I'm writing, <laughs> have all these grammar mistakes. Um, and then they also have something, if you use like Google Docs, it's called Turnitin. So it'll just double check like you're citing things properly, kind of give you some feedback. Um, it can also tell you if there's like a certain amount of like plagiarism that it senses. Like, so you might want to, you know, change the way you word things so your teachers don't think you're plagiarizing. Um, so those are definitely things that definitely helped me as a student and that I used a lot. And I think Lots of students nowadays use it anyways, but I really liked those two um, types of AI. They were really great. It's definitely good if you can learn those skills on your own, but we're definitely like time constricted a lot of, a lot of times now. So um, I feel like at least for myself, the way I did, I did the best I could, but it's kind of like that final proofreader. That's how I used it. So I think it can be used as a tool. So it, it's not cheating. Whereas like, you know, we have things now like um, chat GPT where some people just, you know, chuck in a prompt and they write the whole thing for you. So I feel like that's like the cheating part of it. But if you use a tool to kind of like enhance or check over what you do, I, I don't really view that as cheating. I think it's just using the tools you have to kind of do the best you can. Right now, AI is, I mean, it's an incredible tool, um, but it's not, you know, advanced to like the point where it's gonna like, take over the world or anything like those, you know, we see those like, cyber apocalypse movies. Um, it's not there yet. So on that front of things, I wouldn't be like terrified to use it, but um, I do think that it can kind of hold people back if you rely on it like too much. Um, Cause like, you know, we kind of mentioned before, it, it's some people do view it as like a cheating or it's, it's kind of holding you back. So I think if you use it as like a, a tool, like it's, kind of designed to be, then it works great. Um, but it's just like anything online, you have to use, you know, common sense and judgment and 
you know, but it can be really, really helpful. They're using it for a ton of things now, which really speed up the process um, in a lot of, you know, business settings. You don't have to have all that back and forth, but um, yeah, it can be a really nice tool. And I think for the most part, it is uh, beneficial. Try different things, but also don't think like the school path is the only path. Um, so when I was in high school, like my last year, I was definitely getting super stressed out about like, oh, what am I going to do with the rest of my life as I think most people do. Um, but what my parents told me was school will always be there for you and your guidance counselors are there to help you. But um, they can't give you any guarantees, right? Because a lot of us think like, oh, go to school, get a high paying job, you know, you'll be happy. Um, so there's no guarantees that it's not going to work out. And the same thing goes with, you know, if you go to an apprenticeship or a workplace or whatever. So, you know. If you're inclined to go that way and you feel like you have a solid plan, then props to you. Good job. <laughs> you're ahead of a lot of people. Um, but yeah, sometimes you, you just have to take some time and learn about different things. Like it wasn't until my last year I kind of discovered I was interested in uh, languages and that I wanted to continue on with like volunteer work. And I kind of liked the idea of working for myself. So I think if you try like work placements like co-ops or internships or try different skills and hobbies, you can kind of come across what you like. But yeah, don't feel like you're stuck in one place. Yeah, just try different things and hopefully you'll find something that you like. To hear Julia's podcast series, you can use the links in the episode description. And for more knowledge and stories from STEAM professionals, check out the Root & Stem magazine at pingwa.com or more episodes of the Root & Stem podcast available to download on your streaming platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify.